This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We're talking about the DNA of relationships. Have you enjoyed the series so far, those of you who've been here? The, the DNA of relationships. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the five love languages. I want to find out how many languages you speak today. You know, uh, the English language, I found this out by, you know, traveling a little bit, living overseas for a while. You know, that you find out the English language is uh, very peculiar isn't it? Uh, it's a wonderful language, but it's, it's very peculiar. And you know, one of the peculiar words in the English language is love, isn't it? I mean, you know, it, and it's the most confusing. I can, I could only imagine, uh, you know, someone who it's not their native language is, is learning it or has, is learning it, how confusing it can be. Because, you know, uh, you've ever heard these sayings, a love is a many splendored thing. Love makes the world go round. You ever heard that? I mean, I don't know how many thousands of books and songs and magazines and movies, you know, are just peppered with the word love throughout it. Psychologists have concluded that the need to, be, to feel loved is a primary human emotional need. I mean, you know, for love, we climb mountains, we cross seas, we traverse desert sands and endure all kinds of hardships, don't we? Paul the Apostle exalted love when he said this. He said that all human accomplishments that are not motivated by love, empty. So we have to also agree that it's one of the most confusing words. We use it a thousand ways. I love hot dogs. And the next breath, I love my wife. It's kind of confusing, isn't it? We speak of loving activities. We love to swim, to hunt, to ski. We love football, especially in the South. We love objects. We love food. We love cars. We love houses. We love our dogs, our cats, our horses. We love nature and weather, and we even fall in love. <laughs> Marriage is designed to meet that need for intimacy and love, and unfortunately, it often descends into the hard walls that separate couples and harsh words that injure, but... Maybe on the inside of us, there's something I like to call an emotional love tank. Maybe yours is on empty. And maybe that's what the problem is. Maybe if we understood each other better and how to speak the love languages, perhaps we could keep our love tanks filled. And we could have intimacy without fear. Let's look in... Uh, 1 Corinthians, we want to I want to read this just to kind of launch it out this morning. 1 Corinthians 13, you're familiar with this. And again, I want to ask you, how many love languages do you speak? We need to love, learn how to speak the love languages. You know, if, if we're married or, or maybe you have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a fiancé, you need to begin to learn how to speak the right love languages, and you need to learn how to hear the right love languages. You know, again, when I, I remember when I, I, I moved to uh, Bolivia, the first time I moved down there, didn't know anybody, didn't speak the language. I don't recommend you do that unless you know you heard from God because it's, it can be a challenge. <laughs> but, you know, people would come up to me and be saying all kinds of wonderful things, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I mean, even though they were speaking Spanish, it was Greek to me. I mean, I didn't get it. And you know, so often I think sometimes, you know, when we see this, we know this with communication, isn't it? Sometimes, you know, we talk at each other. Sometimes we talk past each other. And sometimes we just don't get it because we don't understand the language that's being uh, spoken there. Let's read this here. I'm going to read it uh, out of the... Uh, new Ameri or not New American Standard, but the, uh, the NIV here. But you can follow along in whatever uh, translation you have there. Paul is speaking. He said, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. 
Hello? All the married people said amen or oh me. See, if you, if you start keeping a backlog of what's, what your, your partner did wrong, how you ever go forward? Okay. Uh, it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So again, I'd ask you, how many love languages do you understand and do you speak? I believe there are five that would help us, and we're going to look at them. Now, obviously, we won't have time to get into all of them in detail, but I think once we look at them, most of them will become pretty obvious to you. And I hope as we look at these five love languages this morning that, that you will really allow the Holy Spirit to help you to see which one of these languages that you speak the most and which one that your spouse or your girlfriend or your fiancé is speaking. Because many times, you know, as I said over the years as a pastor, I've talked to couples, you know, marriage counseling and so forth, and they come in and say, well, you know, the problem is she just don't love me or he just doesn't love me. And most of the time, that's just not true. It's just that the love language each one is speaking is not the same one they speak. And we've never uh, taken the time to learn more than one love language, so we don't recognize many times when people are speaking a love language and demonstrating love to us. All right, let's look at these real quickly. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts. And all the ladies says, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> Acts of service. And physical touch. Those are the five love languages that we're going to look at today. And now each one of us probably have one main, uh, one of these love languages that we most identify with and we most use to speak. But we also need to recognize all of them because then we can recognize maybe your, your wife or your husband is speaking a different love language and you're just not picking up on it. You're not getting it. But if you would understand, and you know, I found this out. The longer I was there in Bolivia and listening to the language and around people, all of a sudden I began to pick up on words, phrases, and things. And all of a sudden, you know, it made the experience so much better. Because now I understood or began to understand what people were communicating to me. And isn't that usually where a lot of the breakdown is in relationships, is communication? You're saying something, I hear something else. We already talked about this, didn't we? You push my button, I push your button, and here we go. <laughs> Let's look at first, words of affirmation. Turn to Proverbs. I'll read this if you have your Bible. Look in Proverbs there, 25. Words of affirmation. What do you say to that person you're in that close relationship with? What kind of words are you speaking to them? Proverbs 25, 11 says this, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I like that, don't you? A word aptly spoken or rightly spoken. You know, words of affirmation are so important. We need to affirm one another. You know what I mean by that? We affirm a person's value. Remember we said our value in the kingdom is not about what we can do, what we produce, how many talents and abilities I have. It, my value is not about how handsome or how beautiful I am. My value is because what? I am loved. God so loved that he gave his son. That's your value. That's my value. And when I see other people with that kind of value placed on them, then one of the, one of the love languages, what? Is affirming one another. I mean, don't you just love it when somebody criticizes everything you do? Aren't they just wonderful to be around? Don't you like to be around somebody who nags you all the time? Oh, what a joy. I can't wait to get up in the morning and hear them nag me. 
and criticize me. Don't you just love having that fault finder for a best friend? I think not. No, listen, we need to learn this. And see, this is one of the love languages. When that person in relationship, when they're speaking words of, of encouragement and words of affirmation and, and words of kindness to you, you need to pick up on that. You know what they're saying? I love you. I value you. I esteem you. You're important. You're valuable. You know, and we need to understand when they're saying that. Now, this probably is the easiest one to pick up on, isn't it? Because someone that you're in a close relationship, you know, their words are weightier. Are you listening to me? Aren't they? Their words are weightier. Because you're in a close relationship with them, that, that what they, that their love and their affirmation means so much more to you. And when they say words of affirmation, man, it just, I mean, man, it just sets your heart a glowing, doesn't it? it? Just, I mean, you're just so happy. You're just so thrilled. But you know, the opposite's true too, isn't it? Their words are weightier. So when they have a, a negative word or a harsh word or an unkind word, boy, it cuts, doesn't it? Oh, man. You know, this is why people that we're in relationship with sometimes, it, it's more of a challenge to forgive them because what? Their words are weightier. Oh, man, you don't know how you just, you just hurt me. You just, it's like somebody took a spear and just ran it through my heart. I mean, don't say those words. We, have to, we need to pause and think about the words that are coming out of our mouth. You know, in another place in Proverbs 18, 21, he says that our words are so powerful. God says they're like creating life or death. Isn't that true? I mean, the wrong words spoken, I mean, you just, you know, you just become crestfallen. You're like, mm. now, you know, somebody you don't know, they can say something to you and, oh, it might bother you a little bit, but you know, you can shake that off. But when you're in a close, close relationship, and here's the thing, what if day after day, there are words that pierce, words that are negative, words that are finding fault, words that are hurting, no wonder that relationship is struggling. Isn't that true? I mean, you know, if you, if you, now, now you guys, you have a pet pig, don't you? <laughs> See, I, I have a dog, you have a cat, they have a pig. <laughs> different strokes for different folks. <laughs> it's all good, isn't it? And you love your pet. What's your pig's name again? Buddy. You love Buddy, don't you? Yeah, Buddy. But you know, now, they're not this way. They love him and they spoil him. But you know what, if you had a pet, whether it was your pig or your dog or your cat, and every time they came to get in your lap or something, you just slapped. How long do you think they keep coming to your lap? Not long. Not long. Nobody, nobody wants to come get a slap. Hey, come on to church. We're going to slap you. I think I'll find another one. So we need to understand words of affirmation. They're like that, though. It, it's very important. We need to learn how to also speak encouraging words in areas where they feel insecure. See, we need to affirm them. If they're, see, this is why. Okay, wives, I'm going to speak to you for just a moment. Now, I know you're probably married to a great guy who has no insecurities. But there's a few of us that do, <laughs> including me. And so, you know, the thing we need to do, you know, is don't speak words that just magnify that insecurity. You're just a loser. Oh, man, thanks a lot. I've already got this insecurity of fear of failure, and now you're telling me that. And now i got to go out and face the world today with those words as I go, leave home. No, listen. Let's speak words that affirm them in there. You know, I believe in you. I know with God's help, you can do anything. You can do it. I believe in you. You know, let's use words that affirm each other instead of fault finding. You know... I found this out, you know, I've, I've told you, you know, I've, I've said this humorously, but it's true, you know, I've been criticized by experts. 
You ever been around an expert criticizer? They can see whatever's wrong, everything that's wrong with you, all that's wrong with you, and what you need to fix, and you know, and all of that kind of thing. But you know what? Those kinds of people, you know, are not who you need to surround yourself with. You surround yourself with people that will speak words of affirmation to you. Even in those areas where you're feeling insecure, you're feeling a little unsure. And listen, especially in the body of Christ, can't we do that? Absolutely. We get enough of that other stuff. You know, that people say, you know, Pastor Norris, why don't you just tell people, I mean, man, you need to just lay the law down to it. Listen, we get enough bad news all through the week. Isn't that true? Man, I hear enough bad stuff all through the week. I want to hear some good news when I come to church. That's what the gospel is, is good news. And you know, the good news is this, that God sees the very best. Isn't that what we just read about love? Love believes the best of everyone except your husband. No, it didn't say that, did it? Or Or except your wife. Or except your girlfriend or boyfriend. It didn't say that, did it? It said love, believe. So if I believe the best, I should use words that say something that affirm them and strengthen them. Now, you know, sometimes, you know, I I said this about, I'm just not musical. Now, I enjoy good music. I love it. But I, I don't know. I just don't get it. You know, I talked about it last week, you know. We talked about learning new dance steps. I just don't get the rhythm, you know. I just don't get it. Can't dance. And sometimes, you know, some people become tone deaf. You know, you ever been around somebody singing that was tone deaf? Y'all laughing, you must have. And I mean, they just as happy as they can be singing away. And man, they're off key so bad. Uh, you know, and the problem is, if, if you're next to them, they can cause you to get out of key, can't they? <laughs> Musicians, all the singers are nodding their heads. But sometimes when it comes to these words of affirmation, if we're not careful, we can become tone deaf. By that I mean we don't hear the harsh words we're saying. We don't realize we've, we've become a nagger. We've become a critic. And that even though we're thinking, hey, you know, I'm just trying to help you improve. You know, I just want to help you improve by pointing out everything that's wrong with you that needs improvement. Most of the stuff that's wrong with me, I'm pretty well aware of it after uh, this many years. Are you listening to me? When you pointed it out to me, it wasn't when I knew about it. So let's don't be tone deaf with one another. Let's, 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 Let's hear what we're saying. I wonder if we had a little recording device and we hooked it you know, on our belt or something, and we just recorded everything we said for one day and then went and played it back. It could be eye-opening, or in this case, ear-opening, couldn't it? Maybe all of a sudden, especially the words we spoke to those we're in relationship with, what did our words, were our words harsh? Were they critical? Or, were they, or, or did they give hope? Did they encourage? Did they lift people up? Might be an interesting experiment, hasn't it? Let's don't be tone deaf when it comes to the words we're speaking. Let's let's be sensitive. Let's be in tune with the words coming out of our mouth. And let's speak life. Let's speak encouraging words. Amen? So that's one of the love languages, words of affirmation. The second one, quality time. Quality time. In other words, togetherness. See, now, quality time is not where you're both. Now, remember, when I say quality time, that doesn't mean all your time. Are you listening? You're nodding. I guess that means you're listening. It doesn't mean all your time, but it means your quality time. See, quality, see, you know, guys, when you're, you're in there and you're watching a football game and your wife is, you know, surfing on the internet, that's not quality time. Now, I don't get it. It ought to be. I mean, you know, but (laughs) that's not quality time. Quality time is when you are engaged 
with one another. You're, you're looking at one another. You're talking. You're listening. You're doing something where you're doing it together, not in the same room. That don't count for quality time. You know, when you're watching football and she's in there washing the dishes, that's not quality time, guys. I thought I would at least get an amen from the ladies on that. Y'all just left me up here on my own. You know, quality time, it's a cry for your undivided attention. Isn't that right? Now, ladies, you got to help me out here. Don't you want, with that person in your life, don't you want that undivided attention at times? When you know, who said that? Thank you. When you know what, they are looking at you, focused on what you're saying, listening to you and responding back. Don't you like that sometimes? That's quality time, guys. I know, I know we'd rather do something. Let me give you, let me help you out of here a little bit, guys, how you can do some quality time. How about taking a walk? Sin and I do that. You can get out, take a walk, and just, you know, it's just you get away from all the distractions at home. You get away from now, and I would even suggest now this is really going to be extreme. Leave your phone at home when you go for the walk. Now, I'm a little older than some of you, but you know, I remember when we didn't have smartphones and cell phones and internet. And you know, somehow we got by. Don't ask me how, I don't know, but we did. We got by. But you know, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, I, I, I'm not a Luddite. I, I appreciate technology and advances. But you know, you know, anywhere you go, have you ever noticed everywhere you go, everybody's, they're looking down doing this? And somebody says, what are they doing? Oh, I'm texting the person across the table there. But, you know, sometimes just to engage one another, take a walk. Just leave you for those 15 or 20 minutes. You can certainly go without communicating with whoever it is you communicate with all the time. I think you all probably have a lot more friends than I do because I don't have that many people to communicate with. And I see people, they're always talking. But here's the thing. Take a walk. And, you know, when you can walk, just talk about things concerning yourselves, your relationship. Your life, your dreams, your hopes, your plans, even your frustrations. But take a walk. Spend time together. That is a love language, guys. And this is one we need to learn how to speak. Here's a good one. Date night. Oh, come on, ladies. Date night. You are, guys, you ought to listen. You want to speak the love language, you ought, you ought to have a date night where you say, honey, we're just, you know, we're going out. Get the babysitter, make the reservations, you know. Don't, you know, guys, don't plan a date night that your wife had to plan. That's not a date night. Come on. I remember there's times, you know, I'll surprise Cindy. I mean, you know. Uh, you know, especially, you know, at different times, but, you know, I, I've, I've times where I've just, uh, even when the kids were little, I arranged for a babysitter. I take her out to a nice meal, and instead of going home, I just get off the exit at a real nice hotel. She said, Where are you going? Oh, this is where we're staying tonight. <laughs> we go in the room. I got a nice, beautiful basket there with all the kind of snacks and food she likes. Got her favorite movies there. What are you looking at me in that tone of voice for? I may be older, but I ain't dead. Yeah, listen. Hey, I got good marriage. You can have one too if you unless you, if you don't have one. You know what? You need to learn how to speak the love language. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm sanctified. I don't do any of that. (laughs) 
You need to come see me. <laughs> doing something, listen, we're talking about quality time. Doing something the other person likes to do. Hello? I told you, you know, Cindy, Cindy will, sometimes she likes to go shopping. You know what? That's not something I particularly like to do, but you know what? I go with her. Man, she, I follow her. I'm right, right there by her, up and down the aisle. She's looking at clothes and whatever you do when you shop. I don't know. But I'm right there. She says, you like, oh, that looks great. She wants to try on 10 outfits. That's great. You know why? Because it's something she likes to do. Or we'll go, we'll go to the flea market, or we'll go antiquing, or we'll do whatever it is, fishing, whatever it is. I mean, you know, find something that the other person likes to do and go do it with them and do it with a happy smile on your face. <laughs> I did that, Pastor Worked for me. All he wants to do is do this. All he wants to do is do that. Well, go do it with them some. It's a love language. You know what you're saying? You're important to me. You're valuable to me. Didn't we, didn't we just read that love is not selfish? Remember what we said about pushing each other's buttons. What we're really saying is, I want you to change so that you can meet my need. Rather than me taking responsibility for my own change and letting God meet my need. <laughs> the next one is, I get a good big amen out of this one, receiving gifts. <laughs> you know, a gift reminds you that you are special and that someone was thinking of you. Come on. It does. It reminds you, hey, you're special. You're special. Someone that, 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 is important in your life was thinking about you. You know, it's good to be thought of, isn't it? It's good to be remembered. I like it. And listen, it does, we're not talking about some super expensive gift. It doesn't have to be an expensive gift, does it, ladies? <laughs> doesn't hurt, but... <laughs> it See, we're not just talking about that. that. That's good on occasion. But we're just talking about just... It could be a card. There would be times, you know, when, of course, Cindy, now she's retired. Hallelujah. But when she worked, for, she worked for many years as a teacher. Most of you know that. But every morning, you know, I would get up, you know, and, and you know, and, and this will get into the other one. Acts of service is the way we show love, too. But every morning she would get up. I'd make her coffee, bring her coffee. She, she'd be getting ready. If her clothes needed ironing, I had to iron her clothes and get them ready. I'd make her lunch and get everything ready. Wouldn't I, honey? Am I telling the truth? See, you guys want a good marriage, but you don't want to do nothing. <laughs> you have no one to blame but thyself. <laughs> but, you know, not every time, but a lot of times, I just put a little note in there just to encourage her. Just to tell her how much I appreciated her going to work and I loved her and everything. And you have a great day. See, we're talking about, you know what, that, that made her remember, hey, you know, maybe, you know, she's going through a tough day with those students or whatever. If you're a student, we're not talking about you. It was some other students. But whatever, you know, and she'd see that note. And it would just be to remind you, you know what, no matter what anybody else has said, the person that was most important under God in her life, thought she was the greatest. And, you know, that's what we're talking about. You know, because really, the gift of yourself is the big, best gift you can give, isn't it? You know, you could, you could make a gift. You could just find a gift. You could find a flower. Stop and pick a flower. What would that say to that person? If you, you picked out a card for someone, and gave it to them. And put a little note on there. What would that say to them? See, that, that's, what, that's what we're talking about love languages here. We're, we talked about words of affirmation. We're talking about quality time. Now we're talking about receiving gifts. You know, when's the last time you gave something to that special person in your life that let them know 
how special they were, that you were thinking about them, that you really loved them, that they are valuable and important. Remember the principle, give. See, if you want, you want a good marriage, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> it's awful quiet in here. I know this is real simple, but you know, it, it's the truth and it works. Receiving gifts, especially the gift of yourself. And you know, this is especially true in a crisis time, isn't it? When you're going through a crisis, how wonderful is it when there's someone there who cares, who demonstrates that they, that, that they are connected with you in a relationship and they're there for you in a crisis. Isn't that right? They're there for support. They're there to give themselves. They're there to give their prayers and words of, of affirmation and encouraging your faith and encouraging your dreams. This is what we need. We're, see, we're talking about how many languages do you speak? How many love languages do you speak? And you know, uh, the thing is, you need to recognize when someone's speaking love to you. The next one is acts of service. Look in John's Gospel, chapter 13. Remember we said that relationships, that life is all about relationships. Everything else is details. Isn't that true? It's relationships. And you know, there's nothing that can overcome adversity, a strange relationship. Nothing that can overcome that like what? Speaking a language of love to somebody. Speaking a language of love to somebody. Because you know what? Everybody needs and wants to be loved. It's, it's an emotional, it's, a, it, it's part of who we are. We're created in God's image. And God is love. In John 13, <clears throat> Jesus is here and he was washing his disciples' feet. He had just finished washing the disciples' feet. Verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. Acts of service is a love language. You show love by serving and doing things for others. Now, that, I, this is one of my love languages. I, I love to do things for people. I love to serve people. I love to do that. I, I do acts of service all the time. Cindy can tell you at home. I do it all the time. It's just one of that's one of my languages. Maybe, uh, maybe ladies, that's your husband's love language. And you're wanting him to say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And maybe he's saying it, but he's not saying it with words of affirmation. He's doing it through, what, acts of service. And while it would be good for him to learn another love language, you need to be able to appreciate the love language he is expressing. Or she is expressing, as the case may be. I mean, guys, you come home from work. Maybe, maybe your, your wife has the luxury of, of, of being at home. If she, if she does, she's working there all day. She's taking care of things. Or, you know, a lot of times nowadays, the ladies are working too. They come home and they're in there, you know, preparing dinner or in cleaning up and doing all that. You know what? You should give her more than just a grunt. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Or, worse yet, is this all we're having? <laughs> I don't blame her. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't cook for you. <laughs> I forgive you, but I don't know if I'd cook for you. you listen, I'm, tr I'm trying to help you out here. My gosh, you, you act like that and then you come to me and want me to make your relationship better? Hey, magic's not real. 
Do you know that? There, there's no magic. There's no Christian magic. There's no, there's no such thing as magic. That's not real. Oh, say one of those magic prayers over our marriage, Pastor, and we'll be all better. I, I don't have one of those. Isn't that right? I mean, if, I, you, know, if you tell me, Pastor, pray for me. I'm going on a trip to Mobile. Pray for me. Now, I'm, I'm going I-65 North. Pray that I'll get there. Well, I can pray and get everybody, every Christian in the world to pray. You know where you're going to end up? Birmingham, not Mobile. Because no matter how hard I pray, you're moving in the wrong direction. And see, we got to get our direction connected to God's plan and God's will. Then what? Our prayers will help that. But if you're not going to speak the love languages uh, to your wife or to your husband at home, I can, I can counsel you all day long. I can pray for you all day long. I can fast and pray for you. And you're still going to have a lousy relationship because you're acting lousy. <laughs> Acts of service. Let me give you some suggestion here. Washing dishes. Mmm. Cleaning the bathroom. And that's woman's work. Who said that? And what you doing? You're trying not to laugh. I told you I was going to make it real practical. I ain't cleaning no bathroom now. That's what I got a wife for. Well, you better change that attitude or you might not keep it. Come on. Vacuuming. Taking out the garbage, cleaning the car, cooking sometimes. I can't do that. I'm a VIP at home. (laughs) Well, didn't we just see what Jesus said? He said, he said, if I am your Lord and master, and he said, and you're right to say so and believe so. And he said, I've washed your feet. Now, let me tell you something. Did you know in Jesus' day, the job of washing the feet when people had guests, you know, the, they wore sandals and, you know, it was dusty and everything. So the first thing that would happen when someone came to visit, you, you were entertaining somebody, they came over, is that someone got a basin of water and washed their feet. That was the first thing they did. And if you didn't do that, it was seen as a, an affront. So usually, guess who got to do that? The low person on the totem pole. You ever been on that totem pole? <laughs> and see, they understood that. Even to the point where Peter said, no, Lord, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is way beneath you. Don't do that. Don't do that. But Jesus said, if I who am Lord and Master, will do this menial task demonstrating love to wash your feet. He said, how much more should you wash one another's feet? And you know, the good place to practice that is at home. You know, we get here, you know, we come on Sunday and, you know, I said I didn't believe in magic, but I almost do because, you know, Something magical happens to people when they come to church on Sunday morning. I mean, it's almost like Jekyll and Hyde. You remember that? They look so spiritual. They act so spiritual. They speak so sweet and spiritual. But when they get home, it's a whole other person. What happened to that person? Where did they go? Was there some kind of filter they went through? See, we need to learn to practice the love languages at home. Oh, yeah. Mm, Off quiet in here. Jesus said that serving was loving. That's a love language. Love language. So we got words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts. And acts of service. Now, I want to talk about 
just as we close, speaking the right love language. Speaking the right love language. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture over here. I'm going to read it. I'm telling you up front. I'm going to read it a little out of context. I'm telling you that now, but you'll see why I'm reading it. 1 Corinthians 14, 11. In the context here, Paul is speaking about, talking about speaking in other tongues. But I want you to get, you'll see the meaning when I talk about it. He said, if I then do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. So, do we understand when someone is speaking a love language to us, or is it lost in translation? I remember again when I was, uh, one time we were there, I had, we, I had a Bible school there in, in Bolivia, in La Paz, and, and man, um, you know, we, a lot of times uh, different speakers, including myself when I got there, I didn't speak Spanish, so I was speaking English and then they were speaking, trans, you know, translating into Spanish. But in the process of time, I could, I learned enough to where even though I couldn't speak it uh, where I felt comfortable teaching it, I could, when, when they translated, I could tell they didn't do it right. Something got lost in the translation. I was intending one thing, but with them hearing English and then translating it to Spanish and speaking it out, something was lost. I remember one time when we went English to Russian to Spanish. It really got lost in translation there. But sometimes when we don't recognize the love language that our husband, our wife, our, our friends, our fiancés, our boyfriends, girlfriends are speaking to us, something gets lost in translation there. Because, see, if my principal love language is words of affirmation and your principal love language is acts of service, then if I'm not aware, if I don't become bilingual... <laughs> In this area of the love language, I'm, I'm thinking, see, I'm waiting to hear words before it registers that you're saying and showing me love, and all the time you're showing me love, but I don't get it. It's lost. Something's lost in translation. So we need to recognize, you know, what our partner's love language is. What is your partner's love language? What, how do they do it? They may speak a different language than you. You know, become bilingual. You may have to become polylingual. Polylingual is when somebody speaks a lot of different languages. It might be good for you to at least be aware of these five love languages so that when people are demonstrating and speaking love to you through one of them, you pick it up. Are you listening? Because if not, you're waiting for them, hey, I'm speaking Spanish, but you only hear English. They speak Russian, but you only understand Chinese. Guess what? Paul said, even though we're speaking a language, it's, there's no connection. We're, we're not communicating with one another. So, you know, we need to pick up and realize, okay, there's, you know what? They're just, you know, my husband just swept the floor and took out the garbage. You know what he just said? I love you. I appreciate you. You're valuable. See, now you were waiting to hear it in those words, but he just said it in an act of service. Recognize when they are speaking it to you and then learn to speak the love language of your partner. Isn't that right? If their principal love language is what? Acts of service. Then guess what's going to register most of them from you in speaking their language? When you do something for them. See, they hear words, but they're thinking, what? Actions. And they're looking for actions to affirm from you to affirm that they are loved, but you're speaking words and it's going past them. Are you listening to me? So, yeah, well, why don't they just straighten up? Well, let me ask you something. Do you want this thing to work or do you just want to live by yourself somewhere? If you want it to work, guess what? 
You know, it's like, it would be, you know what that's like? It's like me moving to, to La Paz, Bolivia and telling that whole nation, you guys need to learn to speak English. Boy, that would have been the ugly American attitude, wouldn't it? I don't understand why you people are speaking Spanish here. Everybody knows English is the, is the language. Hello. But yet that many times in trying to communicate with one another in our love language, that's without realizing that's the attitude we're taking. Well, this is it. This is, I only speak words of affirmation, so that's it. You're going to have to learn to speak my language. But if we really want this to work, if we really care about the person we're in relationship, we want it to work, we want it to grow, we want it to get better, we need to recognize and be willing what, to speak a language that they understand. Otherwise, what? We don't connect. Okay, let me give you some action points real quickly here. Guys, go ahead and put those up there, would you? On the action points. Listen. Okay. <clears throat> you put the first one up. There you go. Sit down with your partner to discuss and learn their love language. Don't. I, I'm amazed how, you know, people, you know, especially married couples even, they're trying to guess about everything. Just sit down and ask. <laughs> sit down and talk about it. And discuss and learn what their love language is. And then you, you know what you can do? At least, at the very least, if it's, if it's different, you can at least learn two love languages, can't you? You can, love, you can learn hers. She can love yours. And so you can recognize with both of them, whichever one's speaking, and you can respond in a love language, what? That they understand and receive. Okay, let's put the next one up. Begin thinking of ways you can speak their love language to them. Don't make them change. You be willing to change. You be willing to change. Begin thinking of ways you can speak their love language to them. And then finally, recognize when your partner is speaking a love language to you. Recognize, hey, he just said that he loved me. Yeah, but he didn't do nothing but get the vacuum cleaner out of the closet and run it over the rug. I'm just waiting for the, you know, that, that prince on a white horse to come sweep me up. You'd rather have somebody that would sweep the floor. <laughs> That's great in Hollywood. But, you know, you can't live life from the top of a horse. Life is about the nitty-gritty as well, isn't it? Now, it's great to have those romantic times. I already mentioned that. You know that. I believe in that. But you know, you, you, don't, you don't live on date night. You don't live in the honeymoon. You know? You live in the everyday world. But you know, in the everyday world, you can pick up and recognize and begin to speak and express the language of that person that, that you're in that relationship with. And you speak it, and you recognize it, and you appreciate it, and you affirm, and you value it. You spend quality time together. You do things the other person likes. You learn these different languages. And I'm going to promise you, even though this sounds so simple and so perhaps obvious, you begin to practice it on one another, and watch what happens. Watch what happens. I'm telling you. That relationship will take on a whole new meaning and a whole new outlook. And, and every day, you know, here's the thing that's a challenge. See who can outlove the other one. Isn't that right? Paul said this, love never fails. If we learn to speak the love languages, if we will... We, we will uh, on purpose, begin to exercise and speak those languages to one another, we will see relationships begin to blossom, begin to flourish, be strengthened. And really, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Everything else we said is just the details. And the details have a way of working themselves out when our relationship's right. Isn't that right?
And you know, the first relationship that's the most important one is the relationship we have with God. You know, I said this morning, you know, right after our worship time, that, you know, we don't, we don't believe in and worship and serve the concept of God or the idea of God or philosophy of God. But God is very real and very personal. And He expressed Himself to the fullest through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this. He said, if you've seen me, Jesus speaking of Himself, He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that right? Jesus was not condemning or judgmental. He was quick to love. He was quick to forgive. He was quick to restore people back into right relationship with God. So for all our other relationships to work at their best, we first have to have that relationship right with God. And it's very simple. The Bible says when we put our faith in Jesus... We put our faith in Him as the Son of God, as the Savior, the one who demonstrated the greatest love by going to a place called Calvary, suffering for us, taking our judgment and the penalty for our sins and wrongdoing on Himself. Greater love, He said, has no man than this, than He lay down His life for His friends. And that's what He did. And when we believe on Him, and we're willing to receive Him into our life, we come into what the Bible says, a right relationship with God. And then with God at the center, we have the opportunity what, to bring all the other relationships we're talking about into right relationship and harmony. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.